All right, so this is the Morning Sun Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Two Braids. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor FM. Download the free app. Play with it. Uh, It's dope, man. Anchor FM. Anchor.fm. Super dope. This is the 10th episode. We're 10 episodes in on the Morning Sun Podcast. And uh, you know what I'm saying? That's dope. So... Today's the New Year's edition. Uh, We're going to talk about a number of topics. We got two new segments. So I've been thinking on how to improve the the podcasts. And one thing I noticed um, is usually there's there's different segments and there's like reoccurring segments that kind of make podcasts popular. So the first one is called Saved Not Soft. Um, saved, not soft. And it's just going to be a segment every time where I just talk about what it's like to be a Christian, but not let people walk over me, think I'm weak, uh, test me. You know what I'm saying? Cause I'm saved, but I'm not soft. The world thinks Christians are just pushovers soft. You know, sometimes they use the words of Jesus against us. You know, Jesus says, if someone strikes you, right, what do you do? turn the other cheek well when we in the flesh and we not jesus ourselves so we not perfect sometimes that's hard to do but the second new segment i'll be doing is one called spiritual life hacks so you think about a life hack it's something that helps you uh you know hack life but this will be a spiritual version how to make your spiritual person uh, more mature better wiser um so yeah, spiritual life hacks. Um, and then I'm going to give my top 10 sports moments of the decade, in my opinion, over the last 10 years. And then last but not least, um, I'm going to talk about a new take on New Year's resolutions because we all know New Year's resolutions are here, right? Or they're coming within the next few hours and gym memberships are going to go way up. But I'm going to give y'all a different take on that. <clears throat> so this is the Morning Sun Podcast. We on Facebook. We on YouTube, Instagram at the Morning Sun Podcast. YouTube, you can find all the episodes in video form at TJ Two Braids. Um, we're going to start with two humorous life hacks. Number one, <clears throat> I'm in two humorous New Year's resolutions. Number one, if you a man and you ain't got a job, Go find yourself a job. All right. It's not that hard. The trades are dying for workers. You know, they hiring people to drive forklifts at an insane amount, like 25 bucks an hour. Dang, they're about to have your boy quit his job and go do that. I even help you if you need a job low key. Uh, Hit me up. I know exactly the place to take you to help you with a job. Number two, in 2020, let your man play the game in peace. Okay. If your man works, takes care of the kids, pays the bills, let the man play the game in peace, okay? Women like to say it's a waste of time, it's childish, but y'all wearing makeup, playing with makeup, right? Y'all changing your outfit every three minutes because you don't like the way it looks. Y'all binge watching CSI for the 18th time. But you got the nerve to tell us to get off the game. 2020. Let your man play the game in peace. 
New Year's resolution. All right, I'm just I'm just capping. I'm just messing with y'all, but low key kind of serious too. So, save not soft. This is the first segment. Saved not soft. What do I mean by that? Save not soft is is the reality that we live in as Christians. If you a Christian, I know you've been tested by people in the world. You've been tested by bad drivers. You've been tested by people at the gym, people in public, right? I'll show you where I got tested. It's always when I'm hooping. It's always when I'm hooping, right? One day we was running the Indian Center so bad. And if you're watching this or you're going to watch this or you're going to listen to this and you hear this, and we was busting y'all's butt at the Indian Center, right? I think it was me, Mario, Kyle, Eddie. I can't remember who I was on my team. We run the whole gym. We haven't lost. We're like 8-0 the whole night. And someone is getting so mad that we busting them. They start to bring up my faith. They like, yo, ain't you, don't you follow Jesus? Like, boy, what Jesus got to do with basketball though? Y'all that mad that you got to bring up my faith to try to belittle me because y'all can't beat our team. Right. And so then they keep talking. They keep woofing. We go on, we win the game afterwards. Me and Mario, he ain't gonna see this because I don't think he on Facebook, but my coworker Mario, we like dang, he like dang, bro. We doing them that bad that they gotta bring up God, they gotta bring up Jesus. Cause people think cause you saved that you soft, so you're not you're not supposed to say nothing, right? It's I swear it's always when I'm hooping too. And I don't know if that's more because I get passionate when I hoop or just people like to test me in that area or a little bit of both, right? Another example, uh, I'm hooping the other day. I'm hooping at Hope Academy. Uh, some dude I've only seen like once or twice. We're playing, the you know, 15. It's just middle of the game, right? I get a rebound. I'm walking the ball up the court, waiting for my team to get up there. This dude who's not even guarding me. Comes up, tries to double team me for whatever reason. Like they're playing press defense. It's open gym, bro. Slow down. You're not that good. Hacks the heck out of me. Comes up, reaches across my whole body, slaps me in the wrist. Doesn't steal the ball, right? So there's not even really any debate. And then he going to try to start talking trash because I called a foul. So I'm like, bro, you not even guarding me and you come out of your way to hack me? You weak as heck, right? So maybe that's my own that's my own humanity. You watching this and you know Christians shouldn't act like that. We shouldn't have anger. I'll be real with you, man. Basketball's one thing that'll drive me crazy. People who talk trash, people who try to bring up faith, right? Another dude who's like, you know, I'm saved but I'm not soft. And I don't know about any of y'all who been hooping, but I can't stand hackers, man. How you going to come up and hack me? You not even guarding me. It's one thing to hack and you guarding me. It's a whole nother thing to go out of your way to hack me. Now, that is just that's that's trash. Number two, that makes me think you got something against me because why are you going out of your way to come across court to hack someone that you ain't even guarding? And I was walking the ball up the court. <clears throat> So those are two prime examples, but I'll never forget, man. I'll never forget the day that 
we was running dudes so bad at the Indian Center that they had to bring up Jesus, try to get under my skin. <laughs> oh, man, to this day, me and Mario be cracking up about it at work. So that's Save Not Soft. I'm just introducing the segment. Um, you know, I'll have more practical examples in the future. But just because I'm a Christian, man, doesn't mean that people can just say or do whatever they want to me. And I'm just going to let it fly. I'm not going to talk trash back. I'm not going to say something. Does it always make it right for me? No, I'll be the first one to admit it. There's plenty of times where I might have said or done something I shouldn't have. But that's just my humanity, right? We all do those things. Uh, so I'm giving you a deeper look into my life. Um, so that's Save Not Soft. If you're watching this, you like the video, man, comment, share it. Message us uh, some topics you'd like to hear. I still do have Riley Carpenter coming on the show. I'm waiting for him to get back to me about when he's going to actually be on the show. But hopefully the next episode we'll have a guest. Um, yeah, but this is the Morning Sun podcast. And the second segment we are going to talk about is spiritual life hacks. <clears throat> and uh, really, man, this is like probably the best thing I'm going to talk about today on this episode. Spiritual life hacks. I'm going to give you all a life lesson that has changed my life forever. It's simple. It's simplistic. There's really not a whole lot of there's not really a whole lot I can say about it. It's just a simple, straightforward uh, it's just a simple, straightforward concept. It's something that my dad taught me. Um, I remember hearing him preach about this like 10 years ago or something. But he said this, he said. He said, being offended is a choice. So when someone wrongs you, um, when someone what up, cuz when someone wrongs you, when someone says something about you, when someone says something to you that you don't like, when someone does something you don't like, when someone even hurts you, it could be to a small degree, right? It could be being cut off in traffic. It could be being flipped off in traffic. It could be cursed at. It could be lied about. It could be uh, belittled, right? It could be gossiped about. It could be more serious. Someone could punch you. Someone could beat you up. Someone could steal your wallet. Uh, someone could try to fight you. Someone could try to talk to your girl or talk to your guy, whoever you're in a relationship with. <clears throat> Someone's kid might be mean to your kid at the same daycare uh, or it could even be deeper, right? Someone could seriously injure you. Someone could abuse you. Someone could sexually abuse you. Uh, someone could threaten your life. All of these different things. Uh, there's levels to being offended, right? But at the end of the day, being offended in and of itself is a choice that we consciously make. So, you know, prime example is you in elementary or you middle school, right? And a kid starts talking trash or you hear a kid's talking trash it's just hearsay y'all get into a fight next thing you know you don't like that kid no more for the rest of his life right y'all have one disagreement in sixth grade then y'all go to seventh grade together eighth grade ninth grade y'all go all through high school and y'all don't like each other 
right? Or you get in a fight, someone punches you in the nose, they win the fight. <clears throat> you hate that person for the rest of your life. Someone cuts you off in traffic, makes a bad driving decision, then they race on by, they go, go about their day. You go to work, you tell everyone about how drivers are horrible, you hate your city, you're angry, it lets your it lets it let it affects your work, it affects your, your work environment, it affects your attitude. That person done went on and went about their life, man. You think that they're thinking about the person they cut off in traffic two hours ago, 30 minutes ago? You think that they went to work and then they went and the first thing they did was go to their coworkers and say, man, I, I, I cut this dude off in traffic. And they're telling everyone about it and their emotions are all in, you know, up in a frenzy. And Man, that person done went on and lived their life, man. You know what I'm saying? Someone talks about you. Someone this, someone that, whatever the case may be. We have to have thicker skin. We have to be able to choose to not be offended. And so, I mean, I done been through a lot in life. I done had people talk about me. I done had people say things about me. Obviously, I done been cut off in traffic. I live in Minneapolis. Come on now. Uh, I just almost got hit yesterday. But I could take that with me and allow it to influence the rest of my day, my thought patterns, even the future, right? Now, every time I step out and get into my car, I hate everyone on the road and don't give anyone a chance, right? Now I go to school and I hate that kid. I avoid him. I don't want to be in the same class as him because we got in a fight. I this, I that, I the other. But being offended is all a choice, right? Your, your person you're in a relationship with, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your spouse, your brother, your parent, your uncle says something to you, pisses you off. At that point, you have a choice to either let it go or hold on to it. <clears throat> they might have said something to you and they, they let it. They're like, look, man, maybe they're thinking about it for 30 minutes. They're going to go on and live their life. You're going to hold on to it for two months, bring it up in the next argument, right? Like a lot of people do when they're arguing. Next thing you know, you bringing up things that happened four months ago. What the heck we talking about? We talking about now, right? And I'm guilty of it. I've done it before. We all guilty of it, if we honest. You bring up things that's not even relevant to the situation at hand. Why? Because you got offended and you chose not to let it go. And so this is a spiritual life hack. It's something that I've learned. I'm obviously not perfect at it, but I believe that I do let a lot of things go. Because um, at the end of the day, man, like I'm here to live my life. I'm here to raise my family. I'm here to love my wife. I'm here to minister to the world. And if I allow every little thing to get me down, to make me feel less than, to attack my identity, then I'm not going to be able to carry out the plans and purposes of my life in full force, right? Because I'm letting my emotions dictate how I act and think and maneuver in my life. Or because I'm harboring that offense, I now have unforgiveness for people and it's detrimental to the relationships that I'm in, the work environment that I'm in. Right. The church I go to, the communities I'm in. Ain't no workplace perfect. 
right? Where I work is a difficult place to work. I'll be real with you. A lot of times I might feel like I'm not appreciated. But do I do the work to be appreciated? Is that the basis for what I do or is it to better the community? What mindset are we going to have, right? The church I go to, not a perfect church. But if I go to church and I expect it to be perfect with no flaws, that's just dumb. That's idiotic. Why, why expect a church full of imperfect people to be perfect? That's silly. You get offended at every little thing the pastor says, the worship leader, the Sunday school teacher reprimanded my kid, right? Now I'm leaving. I'm leaving this church. Just silliness. We have to let that stuff go. Um, so spiritual life hack. Being offended is a choice. Don't be offended by things that aren't important. Now, I get it. There's things that are deeper that may take a lot longer to work through. But even those traumatic things, even those tragic things in life. We have to be able to let go. OK, I don't have people threaten me. I don't have people shoot up my house. I don't have people threaten to do all types of this, do types of that. Right. Even even in music, I got a dude emailing me saying uh, him and I got the same track and I need to take it off of my off of my catalog. Right. And he's talking real crazy through email. Now, I could just feed into that and be like, you know what? I'll just go back to the old TJ. What's up? You know what I mean? Anybody can talk through a keyboard. Or I can say, look, man, I don't at the end of the day. That's not my identity. I make music, but my identity is not in music, right? So we come to a civil agreement. Let it go. Just let it go. Brush it off. Shake it off. Throw it off. Pray it off, right? So spiritual life hack. That's the first spiritual life hack for the new segment of spiritual life hack. So every podcast episode, I'll have another spiritual life hack. But I wanted to share this one about being offended is a choice that we make because it's something that has changed my life. And I'm not even playing. It sounds simple, but if you, I promise if you put this into practice and you stop being offended at every little thing, your life is going to change for the better. You're going to be more happier. You're going to be at peace more. It's going to be, it's going to be better overall. From my experience, that's what I can relate to you. <laughs> So that's that segment. This is the Morning Sun Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Two Braids. We halfway through the podcast. Um, <clears throat> I'm just looking on my iPad. See if anyone commented. Because my phone's up there, but I, I honestly, bro, I think I need glasses. I can't see the comments that far from here. <laughs> but. If you like this, comment, share it. Um, the video version will be on YouTube later. It'll also be on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, hopefully soon, um, and a variety of other places wherever you listen to podcasts at. Um, next, we're going to get into my top 10 favorite sports moments of the decade. Y'all that know me know I'm an avid sports person. I don't just watch sports. And quite honestly, I don't even watch sports 
like I used to. I keep up with highlights on Instagram, scores, you know, on the ESPN app. I catch pieces of games here and there. The real only games I watch in full are the Vikings games. Uh, Usually all the NBA finals games, some some playoff NBA playoffs games. Yesterday, I did watch the entire Timberwolves game. The whole time I was sitting there thinking, why am I watching this game? Wiggins is out. Cat is out. We're about to lose. We're, we're on like a 10-game losing streak. Somehow we pulled it off in overtime. Without Cat, without Wiggins, Jeff T got hurt. It was a great game to watch. Super good win. Gorgie Jang and uh, Shabazz Napier was balling, man. It, it was It was nice to watch. But those that know me know I'm an avid sports person. I play basketball multiple days a week. I love to play any type of sport. Um, I like to be active, even if I'm not good at it. But it really, really, I'm I'm pretty decent at every sport I've ever played. Not to brag, but um, I love sports. So my top 10 favorite sports moments of the decade <clears throat> in no particular order, okay? I'm not doing one through 10 or 10 to one. It's just no particular order. The The first one I'll mention is when the Mavericks beat the Miami Heat. When the Dallas Mavericks beat the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. Uh, first of all, that whole playoff run by Dirk Nowitzki was... Outside of Jordan, probably the greatest single postseason ever. You got to remember, the Mavericks didn't just beat the Heat. They knocked, they swept the defending Lakers champions with Kobe Bryant. Swept them. I remember one game, and they beat the Thunder with KD and, and Westbrook. I remember one game, I think it was against the Thunder, um... Dirk was like 32 for 32 from the free throw line. It's just insane. <laughs> When's the last time you saw someone shoot 30 free throws in a game? Uh, but then to beat the Heat, I remember, uh, I think it was game two before game two. LeBron and D-Wade are mocking Nowitzki because he's sick. They're trying to say it's an excuse for why they're going to win. Bro, I remember it like yesterday, bro. The Mavs. Shocked the world, right? There's no way the Heat should have lost. And honestly, for me, that'll always be a knock on LeBron James's career. Uh, you can't sit here and tell me that if you put Jordan on the Heat team, if you put Kobe on the Heat team, man, even if you put other superstar, Larry Bird, other legends on that Heat team, they're not losing to the Mavs, bro. LeBron James averaged like 1.1 points in the fourth quarter of that series. But I don't want to talk about LeBron because that's taken away from the greatness of Dirk. Dirk cemented his legacy, one of the all-time greatest playoff runs in NBA history. After I get done with this podcast, I might rewatch highlights of it again because it gives me goosebumps every time. Um, <clears throat> so number, the first one, Mavs beat the Heat. Was it 2011 NBA playoffs? Second, Favorite sports moment of the decade. These are not in order, even though I'm numbering them. They're not in order. Um, the Patriots come back from 28 to 3 against the Falcons. 
Now, let me remind you, and I got picture evidence. I should be a millionaire at this point, low key. I predicted the final score of this game hours before the game ever started. I went on Facebook, Instagram. I had my Pats Tom Brady jersey on. I had my Patriots winter beanie. I even went on the Facebook uh, filter, selfie filter, put on the Patriots face paint. I said the final score going to be 31-28. Now, I didn't know the Patriots were going to get down 28-3. to That was just crazy in and of itself. And I remember watching the Super Bowl. My brother was like, Brady's finished. He's trash. I told you. And then slowly but surely, they start inching back, inching back. Next thing you know, they come all the way back. They win the Super Bowl. I don't care what sport it is. It's the greatest comeback in sports history. I don't care. You can say it's hockey. You can say whatever it is. No. Nobody believed the Patriots were going to win as great as they were, except for me, because I never lost hope. <laughs> I'm just playing. Even there, I was kind of sweating. I was thinking, man, it's a trash Super Bowl. But, man, when the Patriots came back from 28 to 3, that was that was crazy. The two things I'll say about that is, number one, why the Falcons quit giving the ball to Devontae Freeman so much in that game, I'll never understand. Um but that's that's me. Number two, the catch Julian Edelman had the fingertip catch that kept it one inch from the field was insane. You can't make this stuff up. Um, so that's that's the second one I'll mention. The third one I'll mention LeBron's block on Iguodala. Um, it was just greatness. It's just greatness for LeBron LeBron to chase down Iguodala and block him from behind in a in a point where that could have been like the that could have been the icing on the cake for the title um <clears throat> I don't get why Iguodala didn't dunk it this was an Iguodala was younger he had mad hops I don't know why he even tried to up and under the dude is a strong dunker he knows LeBron's known for his chase down blocks Whatever went through his head, he decided to lay it up. In my opinion, that was a mistake. But maybe LeBron blocks him even if he tries to dunk it. I don't know. But, yeah, LeBron, LeBron's chase down block on Iguodala, all-time NBA great play. Um, it's just crazy. I, I despised the play. I didn't want the Cavs to win, but I got to give him credit where credit's due. Uh, and going forward, we might as well just segue into the next one, Kyrie's three over Steph Curry. Uh, Kyrie, man, Uncle Drew, what can you say? The step back three to win the NBA Finals. Um, now, let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you something. Kyrie Irving won that series for the Cavs. I don't care what anyone says. You can look at when they played the Warriors without Kyrie, the Cavs lost. LeBron put up all-time numbers and the Cavs lost. When Kyrie was healthy against the Warriors in the finals, the Cavaliers won. Kyrie Irvin was the finisher. He was the closer. He bailed LeBron James out. He hit a step back, clutch three, hand in his face, hand right in his face, kind of like I be doing to Danny Graves at practice, hand right in the face, none but net three. 
I'm just kidding, Danny, if you're watching this. But my step back's pretty lethal, right? I'm 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 not the sharp, I'm not the uh slimmest dude anymore, right? But my step back lethal can't be blocked. See me on the court. Save not soft. I'm just playing. <laughs> So the that was the fourth one. Uh, the fifth one, <clears throat> KD's back-to-back -back dagger threes over LeBron. It pretty much just cemented KD's legacy. In my opinion, at that moment, the world saw that LeBron is no longer the greatest player on the planet. KD, at least at that moment, was the greatest player on the planet, in my opinion. Um, now, of course, he tore his Achilles in the future. Will he ever be the same player? We don't know. The good thing that KD has going for him is he's a deadly shooter, deadly mid-range and good three-point shooter. So even if he doesn't have that explosiveness and leaping ability like he once had, he can pull up on anyone, right? You don't need to be super athletic to pull up on someone. But KD's threes over LeBron and uh, the Warriors beating him in the finals. That's that's the fifth one I'd mention. Uh, the sixth favorite sports moment of the decade when Villanova had the buzzer beater against North Carolina in the national championship. It was crazy for Villanova to hit a buzzer beater for the national championship was crazy. And you know, what makes it even more crazier. I forgot the dude's name from uh, North Carolina. He was their like point guard. He was super good. He hit this double pump, double clutch three-pointer um, seconds before that. So I think, I don't know if North Carolina's like down by, North Carolina's down by one or something. I can't remember what the score was. But he hits a double clutch. So he wants to shoot. The guy's about to block him. He comes under the ball and puts it back up and, and makes it. And I'm thinking, dang, bro, he just won North Carolina national championship. Villanova got like 1.5 seconds left. I don't remember how much time's left. They come down, they do some crazy play. They throw it to uh they throw it to the top of the key. The dude catches it. He hands it off to the dude behind him. I forgot the dude's name. He just pulls up for three at the buzzer. <laughs> Villanova national champions. It was crazy. And I'm a North Carolina fan. That's always been my favorite college basketball team. So I was low key salty, but it was it was a heck of a play. Um, <clears throat> so that's the sixth of my top ten favorite sports moments of the past decade. The next one, which if I I mean to me has to be probably my favorite, my personal favorite. I can't say it's better than all these other ones, but the Minneapolis Miracle. Where were you when the Minneapolis Miracle happened? Hopefully you wasn't that person who turned the TV off because you thought the game was over. Hopefully you wasn't that person who left the room because you thought the game was over. Hopefully you wasn't the person who left the stadium because you thought the game was over. I remember sitting down against the couch at my house and thinking the Vikings blew it again. Here's our chance. We literally had a chance that year to play for the Super Bowl in our own stadium. We had the roster. We had the talent. 
and we blew it. And now, of course, we have this play coming and I'm thinking, okay, I'm thinking this is what's going to happen. Honestly, in my opinion, this is what I think is going to happen. We're going to catch the ball. We're going to get in field goal range, but our field goal kicker is going to miss because we always miss playoff field goals with the game on the line. (laughs) So I'm thinking, well, at least we'll get a shot. I know we're going to at least be able to get in field goal range. I see the play developing. I see Diggs coming up, cutting. I'm thinking, and then I see him throw it, and I'm like, Diggs is open. He's going to catch this. He's going to go out of bounds, and we're going to have enough time for the field goal. And then next thing I know, dude number 43 from the Saints, you should have been cut. If I was the Saints GM, you're cut after that play. The man not only misses Stefan Diggs, he tackles his own player. So no one's there to get Diggs. Diggs catches the ball, stumbles, somehow stays on his feet, runs to the end zone, is a walk-off touchdown. I don't know if I've ever seen a greater football walk-off touchdown in my life. Um, a lot of a lot of sports analysts and people try to say it's all number 43's fault. But at the same time, Diggs had the awareness not just to stay on his feet, but to not go out of bounds. How many players are so robotic and so non-creative and they're just going to listen to the coach because the coach is going to say the second you catch the ball, get out of bounds ASAP. How many players would have just said, I'm doing what the coach told me, I'm going out of bounds. My man Diggs says, no, 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 boy. If you ain't tackling me, I'm going for the whole, I'm going for the end zone. Minneapolis Miracle, one of the craziest things I've ever witnessed in life. Um, So that's the seventh one. The next of my top 10 favorite sports moments of the decade is the Malcolm Butler interception. I remember that game vividly because for me, it was like, a dream come true other than the Vikings playing in the Super Bowl in my lifetime. It couldn't get better than this. It was the Seahawks versus the Patriots. I lived in Seattle for three and a half years of my life. People think I'm a fair weather fan, right? I'm going back and forth with Eagles fans who trying to say, Oh, what fan are you this week? I'm going back and forth with all these other people, bro. Half of y'all never even been to the state or city you root for. You're not even from there, okay? I lived in Seattle. I was there. That's why I'm a Seahawks fan, okay? And then everyone knows Tom Brady's my favorite player. So for the Seahawks and Patriots to be playing each other was, I was like, I don't even, I care who wins, but I don't. I mean, the reality is I like them both. But I remember thinking, Marshawn Lynch, touchdown. Just like everyone else, right? These dudes threw the ball. (laughs) Even when they threw it, it looked like it was going towards and the Seahawks player was going to catch it. So when the play's developing, I'm thinking, number one, they didn't run it. Number two, dang, they're still about to score. Out of nowhere, Malcolm Butler comes in like a freaking speeding bullet. Intercepts the ball. Honestly, I didn't even know who had the ball. It happened so fast. Butler comes in. They kind of collide in midair. And I'm like, who the heck has the ball? 
Is it a touchdown? Is it an interception? Is the game over? Did the Seahawks win? Did the Patriots? Malcolm Butler comes up with the ball. Um, one of the greatest defensive plays in NFL history. Side note, if Malcolm Butler starts against the Eagles in the Super Bowl, the Patriots win. Bill Belichick blew the Super Bowl against the Eagles. The Eagles still barely won, and the Patriots were without Super Bowl hero Malcolm Butler. That's just a side note. But the next one is the kick six. I don't know if you remember the kick six. It was when Auburn played Alabama in the Iron Bowl, and the dude ran back a missed field goal, 111 yards. Literally, his foot was literally an inch from the back of the end zone. He catches the the uh, missed field goal, and he runs all the way back, not just to win the Iron Bowl, but to beat Alabama. It was crazy. I remember sitting there. I got home. I turned the game on. I only watched like the last four minutes. And this dude runs back 111-yard touchdown. It was crazy. I don't even remember the dude's name. I don't even like Auburn. But I'm glad they beat Alabama, though. <laughs> um, and then the last of my favorite sports moments of the decade would have to be, <clears throat> and me personally, I think this is one of the most impressive athletic feats certainly in basketball history when clay thompson scored 60 plus points and he only dribbled the ball 11 times you think about the top scorers in the nba you think about james harden my man will dribble more than 11 times in one possession think about how many times james harden james harden was just labeled scorer of the decade First of all, if it wasn't for all his flops, he would probably only average 25 points a game or less. Dude gets to shoot 100 free throws a game. But imagine how many times James Harden dribbles a game. Klay Thompson scored 60 plus points and he only dribbled 11 times in the whole game. What a shooting display. The dude literally doesn't even need to dribble or touch the ball until it's time to put it in the hoop. That's a whole different skill level of shooting and moving without the ball mastery, where you can just run, you can just catch the ball and just let it go and just make it. Um, so that will be me rounding out the top 10 favorite sports moments of the decade. Clay Thompson, scored 60 plus points and he only dribbled the ball 11 times to me that's that's just insane to even think about but once again this is the morning sun podcast i'm your host tj two braids that is the third segment uh we are on our 10th episode i appreciate everyone who's been rocking with me listening to the podcast if you like it man do me a favor share it Share with your friends. If you like the content, if you think it's good, it's funny, uh, it helps, it encourages you, it gets your mind off things, whatever it does for you, share it with other people, right? We're all online so much in life. Most of the time, we're just looking at random crap that has no substance. I'm trying to put out substance for y'all. 
So if you like it, share it, man. Share it on your post. Message it to someone. Tune in, right? Um, <clears throat> the last segment I'm going to get into, and don't forget, this is brought to you by Anchor FM. The last segment is a new take on New Year's resolutions. So every year we, and I've been guilty of this, a lot of what I'm talking about, it may come off as me talking about other people's situations, but in reality, a lot of this content is derived off of not just what I see in other people's lives, but what I've seen in my own life, past or present. We have these New Year's resolutions, and we say in 2020, I'm going to the gym. Uh, in 2020, I'm getting a gym membership. In 2020, I'm saving up for a new car. In 2020, I'm getting my license. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. The funniest one by far I done seen, at least recently, was in 2020, I'm folding all my clothes the second they get done drying. <laughs> in 2020, I'm folding all my clothes the second they get done drying. Bro, when I saw that, I was dying. But um, back to reality. We have to begin to make lifestyle changes, not just New Year's resolutions. Why do we think we have to wait for a whole new year to come to have a resolution, to have a change in our life, to have a change in our diet, to have a change in our exercise? Um, it's like. We, we do this for a couple months and then we let it go and then we're like, all right, you know what? For the next eight months, I already blew it, so I'm just going to live how I want, eat how I want, do what I want, and I'll try over again at the beginning of the year. We don't have to wait for an entire year to pass to start changing our lifestyles. So what I would challenge you to do and what I would urge you to do is... Quit making New Year's resolutions and begin to make lifestyle changes. <clears throat> that you are going to commit to this for the duration of your life. Or you're going to commit to this for more than just because it's New Year's resolution. Um, and it's all about dedication. I remember getting a gym membership as, you know, at the start of the year. They do the promotions and... It went well and I went for a few months and then I quit working out. I quit hitting the weights. I quit hitting the treadmill. I quit hitting the bike. Now, I always still hoop, so don't get me wrong. I Nothing can, I mean, I, unless I'm physically unable, I'll always hoop. But we have to begin to make lifestyle changes. And it's okay to mess up. It's okay to get off track. But most importantly, it's not okay to quit. Right. If you miss a couple weeks from the, at the gym, don't quit altogether. Right. If you go off your diet for a week, don't just give up on it. We have to have thicker skin. We have to have higher self-esteem, more dedication, more hope and faith. Right. And so I encourage you, man, to begin to make lifestyle changes. And you can do that at any point. You can do it for New Year's. You can do it during the spring. You can do it during the summer, during the fall, during the winter. You can begin to re-implement some of those changes. Uh, so I'm not super big on New Year's resolutions. I think a lot of times it's it's a lot of smoke people are blowing. They're not really serious, adamant, sincere about it. Um, 
But the reality is, man, like we have to begin to make lifestyle changes for the duration of our life. Right. So if we want to eat healthy, it should be for the duration of our life, because that's the goal to preserve our life, to preserve our health. Right. If we want to be in shape, do we want to be in shape just for a season or do we want to be in shape for the duration of our life? If we want to get better at our craft, do we want to get better at our craft permanently or just for a season? So when it comes to New Year's resolutions, we shouldn't think of it as just a time or just a season or just at the beginning of the year. But we should be going into it with the mindset that I'm going to make a lifestyle change permanently. And it's possible. I definitely would like to eat healthier than I do. I definitely would like to exercise more than I do. But there's multiple other things that I have permanently succeeded at, right? Not doing drugs anymore, quitting smoking cigarettes. That was by far probably the hardest thing I've ever done is to quit smoking cigarettes. I smoked cigarettes from like age 13 to 22, 23. <clears throat> quit though. Is possible, but I have to go into it with a mindset, right? That I'm doing this as a permanent lifestyle change. And so one day I said, you know what? Enough with the enough with the gimmicks. I don't need I don't need nicotine gum. I don't need the patch. You know, I don't need a you know support group. I'm just no longer smoking cigarettes, and that's just the end of it. I just put my mind to it, and I said, no, enough is enough. And I've never smoked cigarettes since. And matter of fact, I despise cigarettes now. I can't stand the smell. I can't be. I can't stand being around people smoking. I'm just, yuck. How did I smoke it for eight years, nine years of my life? Have no idea how. But that's what I mean by a lifestyle change. If you can get to the place where you no longer even desire it, then you know you're on your way to success, right? If you no longer even desire candy, desire pop, it doesn't even sound good. That's how you know you're on your way to success. And so I encourage you, I'm not here to knock New Year's resolutions. Don't get me wrong. I'm here to knock the idea that it's only for a season and we can only change our life at the beginning of the year. And if we mess up, we're going to have to wait till next year to begin again. That's what I'm knocking. So don't give up. Even if you fail, get up, pick yourself up, dust yourself off and try again. Like Aaliyah said, if at first you don't succeed, dust yourself off and try again. Try again. Try again. Right. This has been the Morning Sun podcast. I'm finna take a shower, get ready to go to my life group. I hope, which I'm already late to probably, but. It is what it is. Uh, this is the Morning Sun Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Two Braids. I hope y'all drink responsibly tonight. I saw a post today. It said the average death costs, the average DUI costs a person 10 grand. The average funeral costs a family $7,500. The average Uber costs 15 bucks. So please don't drink and drive tonight. Call an Uber Call a sober driver. Shoot, walk home. But don't make the mistake of drinking and driving, please. 
Drink responsibly. Be responsible. Be safe. Have fun. I hope 2020 is the best year of your life. God bless y'all, man. Peace. Peace. <clears throat>